2: Hello and welcome to post Raw. I am not Trev, because he prematurely threw his new TV out the window, um, worrying the worst. Um, but I'm here to cover. But if you are actually worrying about Trev, Trev is, he hurt his back and he had to have a uh, session. Uh, but the, the only time he could do it was whilst the game was on. But Trev will be back. Are Liverpool back,
0: Dave? How are you? I'm good. Um, first things first, let me... Give a sincere apology to James Milner, who I had very serious doubts about before the game. But I thought he had a very, very good game today. The best game Milner's had for Liverpool in years, frankly. Potentially as far back as the year we won the European Cup. Uh, He was very, very good. But he was very good in a team that was very good. A team that was very well organised. A team that was very diligent. A team that worked incredibly hard. Today, I thought Gomez and Van Dijk were at their best, Virgil looked like Virgil of old Robbo was at Robbo's best Fab and Thiago in midfield got through an incredible amount of work and the two wingers I I think need special mention here I think Jota, I said it on scouted put Jota on Canseo Um, that's how it ended up working even though Canseo was playing right back rather than where we expected him at left back, thought he was excellent I thought Harvey Elliott had his best game for Liverpool in terms of off-the-ball work. The complete package. Yeah, yeah and I thought we just really shut them down. And the two boys up front harassed and harangued their centre-backs all game long, never gave them a moment's peace, And we were able to carve open some really good chances in that game. Now, they weren't clear-cut chances, but you know the, the one where Ederson makes the save, the one that falls to Robble, Although you know, I don't think anyone it's really not, expected to score. A, it's not but, a
2: chance if it's Robbo, <laughs> but it, it still opened up. Yeah. And
0: then obviously Darwin had a couple of half chances as well. So, and and there was a déjà vu header. I think we created the better chances. Like I'm, I'm struggling to really think of a a clear chance they had. They, had, they had obviously had a goal disallowed, and it was rightly disallowed. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that. But all in all, like this team have let us down over and over again this season. But today they just turned up that was the best performance by a Liverpool team this season from minute one to minute 99 or however long it went. I just thought everybody, including the subs when they came on, put in a proper shift and just nullified City. And, you know, I'd like to extend an offer to Manchester City. If you want your cyborg back, well, Virgil and Joe were very happy with their new pet, but for a billion quid, we'll send them on up the road.
2: Exactly, because they will have to share them what a week each, then swap on Sundays.
0: Yeah, it's um, a bit awkward. That it
2: is. is, it is. It's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a fuck on that, to be fair. But we also have Jim with us, who we've discovered is Raw's new mascot, because he keeps winning games for us. Jim, take your victory lap.
3: Yeah, I mean, two games, two wins. I mean, it's, it's been hard trying to get myself into the team and that, but when I've got in, no, I mean, you can't take credit for that. What you can take credit for today is an incredible team remembering that they're an incredible team that's what's happened and it shouldn't take a game against man city for them to remember that they're an incredible team and it shouldn't take demoralizing defeats on the way to this game to remember that but you know they got a good reminder midweek against rangers which people might have said oh it's only rangers but today the scoreline may not have been 7-1 but the performance was as good if not better than that in midweek and that's how you get back into things it's it's delightful
2: Yeah, and I suppose the question is, Jim, I mean, do you think this is the starting point of the season properly now? Because we had um, Bournemouth kind of became a false dawn, Ajax, false dawn. um, But do you think this really is now hopefully the point we start? Because we have West Ham Wednesday, not sure we have then, I think the uh, Champions League's back. But that performance, as, as you both have said, is... Probably our most complete of the season Certainly the most combative and most Liverpool-like But is this what we have to hope now Is that this is season starts now Let's see what we can salvage from it Maybe too late for the title But let's get top four And let's build into the Champions League
3: Yeah, I think it's got to be the start I mean, we've got to stop leaking goals We've got to stop letting other teams score first We did that in midweek and, you know, if you do that, you end up in, end up like a Brendan Rogers team, unfortunately, where you'll concede goals and you'll get some back. And some games you'll score more than them. And it's all very exciting. But then at the end of the season, it doesn't add up to enough points. And yeah, I mean, there's no, no point whatsoever us talking about league titles and the chances of winning them. But all you can do is go out for every single game and play to you the best that you can and get those results, get those wins. And then who knows where you're going to be by the end of the season. Until a few years ago you could probably lose six games in a league season and still win the league. You know, it's we've had phenomenal points totals this last few seasons. Ironically, as we're sort of fighting to get them, um, we would have won the league more than we have. Based on previous seasons' point totals with the points we've had in recent seasons, so we, we you know, we, we can't talk about winning the league, but we've got to get in there and fight, and we've got to make sure we're in the Champions League places, give everyone else a problem. We've given City a problem today. I like what Club said in midweek. He said this could still be a title decider, but it won't be us who's, you know, mm-hmm. not deciding it for us. And it's, it could be true, but. There's these few games to play, this, this horrendous fixture pile up that we're gonna have between now and the, the World Cup, then football goes off to do that stupid thing in Qatar for a bit. And then when it comes back, you're hoping all your players are fit and you know, Boxing Day I think we start back, don't we? And you know, yeah. Happy Christmas, Liverpool, let's let's hope for that because this, this shows what we can do. You know, I, I think one thing and one note I sort of wrote down at half time and some half time thoughts, and this was before we'd scored clearly, was if you'd have been on a desert island for the last few months, didn't have a clue what had gone on this season, but you kind of seen the end of last season. You'd have assumed today's game and today's performance in that first half was a Liverpool side battling with City for the top spot. You know, you you wouldn't have thought that Liverpool, before the game kicked off, were in the bottom half of the table, which they were, and because of those performances. So... Hopefully, wherever was wrong is fixed. wherever Wherever the issue was, whether it was psychological or what, I don't know. But I think today there was a bit of adversity, as I'm sure we'll mention when we talk about the lineups, which could have made a lot of people panic when they saw them. But in the end, that has sort of got the best out of us.
2: And Dave, I'll start with you with them lineups, because as Jim said, there Liverpool proved that Liverpool is still in there somewhere. And the mm-hmm. team and the team we went with was. I don't know why Flash Goal has us in black and Man City in red. Thanks for that. That's just annoying me. Um, I don't
3: know why Man City <laughs> weren't in blue though. So there you go.
2: Well, that's true. That's true. Puma just whacking out the worst kits imaginable at this, dude. <laughs> um, but we had Alisson, Milner at right-back, which you said earlier, Dave. Gomez, Van Dijk, Rob, Thiago, Fab, Elliot, Salah, Bobby and Jota. But it was, that's lined up as a 4-3-3. But we were more in a 4-2-4, a 4-4-2. Um... We're obviously, you got the news last night that Ibu was a doubt um, via Carl, and you said we might as well call off the game. Yeah. You've, you've heaped praise on Milner there already. Yeah. um, But by extension, Gomez as well, because last time he started the game, in centre-back was obviously back. Napoli. Yeah, and he was obviously mm-hmm. tortured by um, Kovic and uh, Simeon, etc. Um, but then too, I mean, locking down the, the, uh, the right-hand side, I should say, with and was probably their best outlet on the day, I'd probably say. But them two, probably the big concerns coming in, but they had probably the best games in, in years, as you mentioned earlier.
0: Yeah, I mean, Joe wasn't really a concern to me because we know how good Joe is. Joe is just a lad that hasn't played enough football in recent years, but he had a pretty good game against Rangers. He had a pretty good outing against Arsenal, and you could see him starting to get a little bit of sharpness back into himself. Um, today I just thought from the first whistle he looked absolutely right on it but so much of what happens to us defensively depends on the big Dutch fella and he's obviously been well off his level this season and when he's not on his level he's still good, he's just not otherworldly when he's otherworldly he raises the level of everybody else and I thought we saw that today I thought Virgil was at his best today or, or at least... Very, very close to it. And when he's doing that, I think it just gives a bit of inspiration to those around him. And I thought Gomez matched him stride for stride. I thought he was Mm -hmm. absolutely tremendous. And like we said, Milner, just a really, really good performance. Now, in a way, Pep's tactical setup helped us. And we'll talk a bit more about that when we come to City. But I just thought all our lads, there was a level of aggression with our players and a level of of... the dreaded word intensity right from the first whistle. And I was thinking after about fifteen minutes, I was gonna put it into the the scouted WhatsApp, that it was the best fifteen minutes we'd had to start a game, other than the weird game against Bournemouth, obviously. But we just looked like we were absolutely right up for the game. Now the big the other big news obviously other than Milner right back was that the captain was dropped. Yeah. And I mean he, he did all right when he came on, but you saw the difference when he's not there. The defensive intensity is much higher. Everybody's far more diligent. There's nobody not doing their job. There's no big holes in our team. Jurgen hopefully understands why we were so good defensively and carries that forward. Um, yeah, I think it just, you know, from minute one, we just looked like we were up for it. And I, I, Felt like they sort of got a bit of a shock that maybe they thought they were coming downfield for a a more straightforward a stroll, game. A stroll in the park. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like with, with respect, they're the best team we face this season. They're a better football. Well, Napoli, I would put right up there. But that Arsenal, that City team is better than the Arsenal team to beat us. Mm-hmm. And they were better today than Arsenal were. We just played awful against Arsenal, and we were really good today. And the, as bad as the referee was today. He wasn't quite as corrupt as the referee was in the Arsenal game. So while he had one big decision to make and he went and checked and he got it right in the end, the fella last week didn't check any of them. He got the three big decisions in the game wrong. The Saka offside, the handball by Gabriel and obviously the the, the Jesus dive. Today, the referee went and looked at the screen and... Put his hands up and said, "Right, I got that wrong." And went and gave the right decision. So, you know, I don't know as he was, at least he wasn't as bad as the fella last week.
3: But he still gives evil looks to the VAR guy, though. Oh, A VAR 100%. guy for like calling him out on it. You know, he couldn't. couldn't he had to overturn it. I when think it was started. the
2: same guy on VAR, though,
0: wasn't it? It just sums up the yes. the refereeing shit show. <laughs> but the fella we had last week is known. Yes. He has. Yes. It, it was someone. Someone had the story about it. He has gone to VARs after games and absolutely read them the riot act for making him look bad by having him go and look at screens to overturn the decisions that he's gotten wrong. He does not want to work within the confines of VAR. At least today, the referee was willing to go and have a look. He'd obviously got a couple of other decisions very, very wrong.
3: We'll, we'll but come to them,
0: don't worry. When he was told, <laughs> go and look at this, he went and looked at it. Last hmm. week, the fellow wouldn't listen.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point about Michael Oliver, who seems to be so far up his own ass, he might give himself a red card. Um, but Jim, I'll come at the other end of the pitch for you, because uh, we obviously kept our four-four-two ish shape, whatever the hell we're going to call it, going forward. Um, more, I mean, Dave mentioned the importance of Virgil and the two on the right side there, but more, he obviously didn't score four goals or whatever in six minutes, but. He loves playing against Man City, and I reckon Ruben Diaz and João Cancelo, etc. They must just be sick of the sight of this bloke because every time he does turn up against Man City, and well, obviously you don't want to win, um, play-by-play stuff with the goal, etc. But he just—he looked like a player transformed in this. Well, his old new role.
3: Yeah, it it did, and it, it's 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 so um, refreshing to see because when you look at the team line when you look at the front three, you think, all right, he's going to be Salah in his usual spot wide. And maybe Jotter will do the, the other wide one and Bobby will be in the middle. And, and in a way it was just, it was just a different way of playing, but they're so, they're all so quick, so flexible, so, so sensible that you, you really don't know where they're going to end up. You know, that that's the kind of, if you like, the starting positions, if you like, but then they'll turn up where they need to and go wide when they need to and so on. And it sounds so sort of simplified to sort of like that, but, but you know, this this upsets defenders because you don't know, they don't know where to go. But with Salah, I mean, God, his pace is back, his touch is back, his confidence is back, his attitude is back. He, he just loves to score goals and he's forgotten. Again, I keep talking about this sort of amnesia that Liverpool have had and he kind of forgotten how good he is as well. And that that was proved today. I think I mean I like the way in a way that Hendo was taken out of this midfield. I think the midfield that we picked today, you'd have picked two of those definitely if you were if it was down to you. And then Elliot, the way the way he's starting to go into games now, he's fingers crossed this is a really good sign for the future with him. Um but those front three, yeah, they were they were the choice to make. I think Nunez is still, still, still getting himself into the up of speed. We, we and saw to, the when office.
2: he came on, didn't we? Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> um, so you, you know, you you don't put him in on a game like this. He's got to earn his place. Doesn't matter what you cost, you earn your place in this team, and and he'll do that. I feel he will. And maybe we, maybe he's going to get us um, as we'll come to you later. Maybe he's going to get an earlier chance because of what's happened to Jota. But even so, you know, you've got to earn your place in this side, and. Today, I think all oh, that starting lineup earned the place in the side. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be changed if pe- people get fit. But you can't drop anyone out of that side on performance at least today. But definitely up front, wow, we saw it the other night with Salah. It's like he's back. He's back. The player we had before he signed his new deal is back.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Even if you went further back to just before Afghan, it's probably the first time we've seen mm. that type of performance from him. Um, But, Dave, I'll quickly go through the City team here because there's not loads of shocks there. Um, They lined up as a 4 3 3, but it seemed to merge into a 3 3 at the back Um, as the game went on. But they've got it listed here as Edison, Cancelo, Diaz, Akanji, Aki, Gundigan, Rodri, De Bruyne, Silver, Harland, Fordham. But as I said, mm. uh, it looked like Akanji shifted over basically right centre back, right back at times, and Cancelo just had the freedom to attack. And Foden. Similarly on the left side, but a bit further on. And a- Akanji's not very good.
0: No, he had a bit of a rough game. Um you're right when you say they, they did switch into a three at the back with Akanji Diaz and Aki. Um and then Kinseo sort of all the right flank to himself, Foden most of the left flank to himself, Rodri sitting in front of the back three, De Bruyne and then sort of Bernardo or um Bernardo or Gundogan, Gundogan yeah. sort of roaming around, and then the other one sort of playing up off off Haaland and mm.
2: the brain was tried, very high, wasn't he? It was very very like... very
0: high at times, really really high, like far too high for for where you want him in a game. I, I thought Guardiola's tactical approach was a bit strange. Like for me, we saw what Phil Foden could do to Milner last year, and this yeah. year he played him like off Milner, didn't get him up one-on-one with him. We'd, I don't think we saw Foden run at Milner at all today. He was getting it, giving it, moving on. Trying to, they were trying to play that angled ball back in behind Milner, but between Milner, Harvey tracking back and Gomez coming across, we were able to shut that down. And they weren't able to get those trademark you know, angled pullback crosses that they try and manufacture over and over and over again. I thought their tactical approach was weird. Um, I thought Guardiola's refusal to make a substitution until eighty odd was weird. Um, I thought it was hilarious that he had a hundred million pound attacker sitting on the bench and never even looked at him. Um, for for anyone that wants to claim that that move hasn't been an absolute fiasco, <laughs> there's your there's your evidence. I mean, you're away at your biggest rival, you're one nil down, you've got a hundred million pound player sitting on the bench who's an attacking player you're bringing off Gundogan, who's been playing in the areas that surely you would want Jack Grealish, and you don't even consider him. Like, it Wasn't like a thing you sent him out to warm up. He just sat there. You know, they would re with another £65 million just chilling on the bench. And meanwhile, we're filling our bench with lads that were praying we don't have to play. Lad that, you know, we, we tried to sell all summer and a couple of goalkeepers and whatever else.
3: That so, proves you know Just quickly on the way That Klopp's had some stick For complaining about City having all the money Because obviously yeah. As you posted the other day Dave It's not just about Transfer fees It's about wages And it's, a bit, and yeah, it's also the also about the, the, squad. the whole
0: thing That's the thing like,
3: the, But here's
0: the other thing With them Jim Like So We bought Ox For near 40 million And Naby For near 60 Right there's 100 million <laughs> We Neither of them Have worked out Because of injuries Not because they're not good enough But because of injuries they're still here. We can't afford to replace them. The replacement for them has largely been James Milner, who's Mm -hmm. nearly 38 years of age or 37 years of age, and was at the club before them. Whereas with City, things don't work out. Oh, they just go and buy another £60 million player or another £40 million player. Like, they don't have the concerns we have. When they bought Claudio Bravo, he was like the fourth or fifth most expensive keeper in the world at the time. He flopped, so they immediately went and broke the world record transfer fee for a goalkeeper. Now, obviously, we would then break that and Chelsea would break it further. But they, they can afford to do those things. Like when Benjamin Mendy, now forgetting what's going on at the minute, when he was signed for 50-odd million and he flopped, they just went and bought say oh for 60-odd million. Yeah. You know, when John Stones, a £50 million signing, was deemed not good enough to partner Laporte, they went and bought... A sixty million pound Ruben Diaz. They needed a backup for Fabinho for for, for Rodri. So they dropped forty five million on Calvin Phillips, who's barely kicked a ball for them all season. Even Aki and they 40 haven't mil. had to worry about it. Aky was forty million. Aki, forty million, Aki, million for four <laughs> like, a fourth centre back. Like a can a great example, <laughs> right? So twenty the the twenty twenty one season, we're defending league champions. We lose Virgil in October. Then we lose Joe. Both season-ending ending injuries. We get to January. We're not long off been top of the league. We're still in the mix for the, to retain the title. And then Matip gets hurt. So we have no senior centre-backs. We're playing Jordan Henderson, who's a midfielder, and Nat Phillips, a player we couldn't give away the previous summer. We go out in that transfer window and we sign Ozan Kabak on loan and Ben Davies for £1.5 million from Preston. Now, these are long-term season-ending injuries we have to our three centre-backs. So we need someone to come in and play for basically five months. Americ Laporte got hurt in pre-season to be out two months. Mm. He's already back. He's already back. He played the other night. They signed a Kanji for 15 million and add-ons to replace a two-month injury. We can't do that. This is what Klopp is talking about. Yeah. And then you you factor in the wages. Like Haaland, 865 grand a week. City fans can cry about it all they want. When Mike Keegan of the Daily Mail came out and reported that they were signing Haaland, that they had that deal done and dusted, all of them sat at home with the lube and the tissues, <laughs> having a good old fiddle with themselves. But when Mike Keegan, the same Mike Keegan, comes out and says Haaland is earning 865 grand a week oh he's not he's not reliable yeah well it's it's one or the other he either is or he isn't he can't be just reliable when it's news you like like i get that city fans are very trumpish where they only want to hear what actually you know works for them and they do similar type of things like you know lie about a lot of stuff but you're paying erling haaland 865 grand a week to play football That Haaland deal over five years, if he stays, will cost you £340 If Darwin Nunez stays the entire six years that we signed him, he'll cost over £200 million less. And we control Darwin six years because he's got no buyout. Haaland has a buyout clause. He can walk in two years. So this is the type of thing Klopp is talking about. When Klopp said in the summer we can't be involved in trying to sign Haaland. He wasn't talking about the fee. He was talking about the 20 million to his father, the 30 million to Mino Raiola's agency, may Mino rest in peace, the 20 million to Haaland as a signing bonus, and then this absolutely astronomical salary. That's what he was talking about.
3: Yeah, people forget clubs, that when, when there's a budget that, that clubs have for players, whether it's it's not just the transfer fees, it's all the agencies, yeah. it's the wages, it's the rest of it. And the lower the transfer fee, they'll it's, exactly. the, the, the club aren't going to pay less overall. And the, the other thing, the same. Jim,
0: as well is, right, City fans love to say, well, Liverpool's wage bill is almost the same as ours. Our wage bill that we declare is our actual wage bill, including everything, bonuses, all staff, and I mean all staff, like from the fella who manages the team to the fella that runs the club from the very top to the lad who cuts the grass to the fella who does security at the training ground to the people in the kitchen, that all staff, all the directors, everybody is included in our wage bill. Manchester City's wage bill is not done like that. It is the base wage of the playing staff only because the managers and the coaches and everybody at the academy they're not signed to Manchester City Football Club.
3: They're signed remember the Pe- to the remember, City Football Group. I'm just thinking, remember Pep's uh, press conference when some accusations were made about him being paid maybe via a sponsor and he got very yes. uppity about it? But of we never he heard any clarification on that. No, did we he because never got an actual denial.
0: They're paying Pep, say, 15 million a year through Manchester City Football Club. They're paying Haaland. 400 grand a week through the football clubs. That's 20 million a year. So their wage bill will show 20 million for Haaland, 15 for Pep. All the rest is done through City Football Group and all these fake sponsors that they've made up. So they're back channeling money to these players. It's not declared on the wage bill. And that's what Klopp is talking about. He's talking about the under-the-counter payments that these people are getting. Mm-hmm. That's where we can't compete. Yeah, we probably could have paid Haaland 400 grand a week. We could have stretched to that if we'd wanted to. That wasn't the issue. The issue was the 20 million to his dad for having functioning testicles, the 30 million to the agent, the 20 million to him, the 460 grand a week in bonuses, and so on and so forth. This is what Klopp is talking about. And until we have real discourse and real discussion about this, football is fucked. Mm -hmm. They have ruined football. Because it's not just about the transfer fees. It's about the way they're inflating wages. Teams can't compete with them. We can laugh at United. Oh, United have spent more money than City over the last years, yada, yada. But the wages, even though United's wage but is out of control, isn't as out of control as City's. Like, when Haaland... Haaland's 22. He's accomplished nothing in the game. And he, on his own, earns more money than Van Dijk, Thiago and Mo Salah including their bonuses, he earns more on his own than three of the best, most accomplished players in the world who've won absolutely everything there is to win at club level. Now, just let that sink in for a second. What's he going to be demanding at 27, 28? Two million a week? Three million a week? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Didn't and Ford, they'll give it to him.
2: Didn't Ford and just get 350 grand or something like that? this week? Do you know? Some...
0: And, now, and here's the thing. He plays
3: for the love of the club as well doesn't he? Of course he
0: does of course Manchester through and through but other clubs are going to have to wake up to this as well because if Arsenal can't get Bakayo Saka to agree to a new deal or Saka's in negotiations and he's looking at Foden and thinking well hang on a sec now I would consider Phil Foden a peer we're on the same level I want that kind of money Arsenal can't pay him that money so now you'll never well, hear man, a bad word will. from Arteta our, from our about City because obviously he can't say a bad word about his daddy but Arsenal not going to be outraged. When Spurs had the, the Harry Kane situation last season, if Conte had been manager, you best believe he'd have been speaking out. Potter's too new in the job and Chelsea have too much of a track record of you know, doing shady, underhanded things as well. But we need the top managers in this country to actually speak out. And the one I'd put faith in doing it at some point is Antonio Conte, to come out like Klopp and say, this needs to stop. Those three clubs that are owned by countries, City, Newcastle and PSG, they're ruining football. And again, I know people don't want to hear it, but this is why the Super League was not the shit idea that you think it was. This mm-hmm. is not. This is why the Super League was not the horrendous thing that Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher shouted at, because their jobs at Sky would have been under threat. This is what the Super League was aimed at, to rein back in this type of spending, to put real restrictions in place, so that Club accounts, if you were entering the Super League, one of the things you would have to agree to was that your accounts were properly audited each and every year by an independent group managed by the Super League.
3: I've just seen, um, I mean, it's not a, a different sport, I and mean, we, we should probably go off this tangent soon, I guess, but um, Formula One, I mean, a sport that's uh, the the, the favourite rich mm. man's play thing kind of a sport, that's been doing a lot about cost control, and one of the, the team that won the championship last time um, was under scrutiny because it went over um, a cost cap. They have, so they have an overall cost cap. They all get the same cap. And however they spend it is up to them. And there's certain things that obviously they're going to try it out, but they all have to be audited too. And if that sport can think, hang on, we've got to try and make things a bit more of a, a level playing field. You know, not everyone will get the money even to get up to the cost cap, maybe, but even then they'll put an upper limit on it. It's up to them whether they pay the drivers more, pay the strategists mm. more, whatever they want to do. It's about the overall costs and Yeah, you've got that, a finite amount made of money and you decide
0: how to spend it. Yeah. It's 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 difficult, obviously, to do uh, any kind of salary cap when you've got promotion and relegation. But again, it's something the, su- the, the Super League were going to do. They were going to cap transfer fees. They were going to cap wages. They were going to cap manager's wages. They were going to cap spending and make it so yeah. that it was an even, like you said, everybody has a cost allowance. You can spend it this way. And maybe there would have been an exception. Maybe, for example, you've got a salary cap of, let's say it's $350 million, but you've got a player of your own That's come through your academy. So let's say we're right at the salary cap, but Trent is up for an extension. Well, he came through our academy. So you could make an exception that you can go over your cap for academy-produced players. Same thing with City and Foden, Arsenal and Saka, Spurs and Kane, United and Rashford, etc., etc., etc. And that is a way that teams could pay players that bit more. But I mean, does anyone really need to be earning? Does anybody? And I mean anybody on the planet, Need to be earning that type of money
3: No And and if you if they weren't offering the money They wouldn't be leaving the clubs to go and get that money Because no. the money wouldn't be there at the other clubs So
0: Exactly, everybody would be on an even playing field There'd be no more of these sagas Of players The only players that would try and force moves Were the players at, at clubs Who aren't in the Super League But I mean, that's just the food chain I'm afraid
3: Yeah
2: It's basically the same already Um <laughs> But more out of control. But we will get to the game, albeit that is a very important topic and was worthy of discussion. Um, the, the start of the game is quite general. We started quite well for about fifteen minutes. Then Man City came back into it. Um, Bobby seemed to lose the ball a couple times. Uh, certainly grew into the game after that point. Though no. um, Gundogan has a shot from the edge. I think of like five people try to tackle Haaland and then nobody does. And then he seemed to go quiet after that. Um, and Jim, I'll come to you, I think it's about the 20th minute or the 19th minute, Moore just goes on one of them runs, and I think that's probably the moment people realise, well, Moore's up for this game, obviously I came to you earlier that he was into it, but it was nice that in the early stages, it was a very combative game, because I think most people thought it was going to be, we may have to sit back, defend for our lives, and it may have, it may have Turned into that at a point of the game, but certainly in the first twenty twenty five minutes, it was, it was almost like the Man City Liverpool games where it is just end to end basketball at
3: times. Yeah, it was. It felt like that. I mean, I think for the overall for the first half hour, we maybe had more, more, more control of the game than I'd expected us to have going into the game in my very sort of pessimistic frame of mind. But I, I don't know. I was quite confident about this game that we could, if we did our best, we could do something, and that that is what we did. I think um, I'd written just before that. Um, Salah moment that Harlan was looking a bit like an old clogger of a forward because at times <laughs> that's kind of how we'd made him look we were making him sort of stretch a bit more for things and you know just just sort of getting him out of the game and it, it doesn't help when he looks a bit to me it looks like Mel Smith in a wig and I don't know why I can't get that <laughs> image out of my head but as you say um, it was good, that that uh, run from Salah I think there was a bit of strength from Jota to start with who just sort, yeah. of, sort of controlled got the ball, get got, let Salah through Um it was a great run and it ended in a corner, which, you know, on another day, maybe, maybe it would have been an early start an early start to the changing of the goal scoring, uh, the score sheet, but it doesn't matter. It was a, a sign of intent from us. Um, it just felt like this was the beginning of it, that, that we could now start showing them what we can do. You're always worried with Liverpool about the back, but we didn't really need to worry about the back today. Um, if only we'd known that at 19, I wouldn't have been getting these high heart rate notifications <laughs> on my watch. <laughs> it, it was it was a sign that we were that we what we could do. We could open them up, um, and I think the more we let them attack, us, the more more we found it, we could get them on the break, and that that could be something we should try to look at doing more often. Because far too often we're the team that does all the attacking and gets caught on the break. You know, and today I think we 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 did let them come at us quite a bit maybe we didn't let them maybe they just did but either way it gave us these opportunities on the break and when they're in that kind of form you know there's going to come a chance at some point
2: yeah absolutely absolutely and i think our first proper chance is a jot ahead i think he just jumps a bit too soon he obviously has the other other header Mm. we will come on to later um dave i'll come to you for the next well remaining of the first half van dyke has a Fantastic pass uh, to the for a diagonal, and that's the one where it ends up with the Robertson shot. Um, more bullies Diaz. I alluded to that earlier. He just he always seems to do that with Diaz. Uh, that's the one where Elliot kind of gets lost. <laughs> just like bless him. Um, City have a probably their first good move of the game where De Bruyne drops a bit deeper. Um, rather than being stood next to Haaland, uh, uh, passes it through to Haaland, then and doesn't have a shot and Bilva sends it over the bar. Um, and then probably their next big chance is where Haaland tries to chip Ali. Yeah, so City did seem to kind of grow into the game after the 30-minute mark there, Dave. But as I said, it was kind of end-to-end, but we relatively limited Haaland and Co. I mean, other than that chip, mm. he didn't have much. Um, no, he,
0: he didn't have anything mm-hmm. That was the first real involvement that he had in the game he, he dropped off a couple of times And you know, got the ball to feet and laid it off And spun in behind and made a run The ball never came to him uh, Because Gomez and, and Virgil were just I thought absolutely lights out with the defensive work One in front, one behind every single time Not giving him any time on the ball Giving him little nudges here and there Whenever he tried to spin and run and like you said, that, that chance where he tries to chip Ali. Now, I did have palpitations when I, when I saw where Ali was standing. <laughs> yeah. um, there was no real need for you to be there, Ali. But look, it, it is what it is. And it worked out for us. I, I thought the Salah, you mentioned Salah bullying um, Diaz. And there was a few moments we had where our lads bullied their lads. Tiago bullied Gundigan at one point. Um, Bobby put Rodri on his backside with a little nudge of the shoulder. Harvey got snapped in on Foden at one point and took the ball off him and just, you know, created a little yard of space and, and gave it off. And I just thought we looked like we were far more, like... Ready for the scrap. Ready for a fight, yeah. And I, I said this on on Scouted to, to Carl. There's something about this team when Andy Robertson is Andy Robertson and when he's right up for it. And we saw, was it, Silva jumped into him And he got up and he shoved him And he just turned away and started gesturing for the mm. ball And you could see their lads Were a little bit rattled like Oh they're, they're pushing us ref he was, They started complaining to the ref that there was a push
3: It was two minutes him wasn't it, it Was yeah, Silva it was tried to kill Robbo basically He told him what he thought of him Got the ball and wanted to get on with the game and That's didn't exactly like
0: it. it And and I don't
3: think they liked that I don't think that that
0: City team like the physical battle. I think that's where we've always had the edge on them because we have lads that are really physical, really quick, really powerful, and we have lads like Andy Robertson and I thought Jota in front of him as well, loads of needle about their game. Like, happy to get stuck in the mud and have a scrap with you.
2: Even like Rael last year, you saw it. Rael last year as well. And I do
0: think as well, Like the crowd properly feeds off someone like Andy Robertson. Mm. They love that type of thing. Like the biggest cheers James Milner has ever gotten at Anfield are not when he scored a penalty, they're when he's like absolutely laying out Neymar and whoever else. Like when he just lumbers in and batters somebody. Nat Phillips, the reason the Anfield crowd loved him was because he'd throw his head into things. He wasn't, he's obviously levels below what we need, but he would do things. Or he'd get in someone's face, and it would properly get the crowd going, and then the team can feed off that. So it's this continuous cycle of the team feeds off the fans, the fan, the the fans feed off the team, the team feeds off the fans, and and so on and so forth. And that's the magic of Liverpool under Klopp. That's how we've been great. It's why we were a bit shit when there was no fans in the stadium yeah. because we need the fans. City play a cold calculated, surgical type of football. They don't need the fans there. In fact, they'd probably prefer if the fans weren't there because it'd be more like the had where it's just pin-drop silence the whole <laughs> game. But I thought Robbo today, I thought he really set the tone for a physical fighting Liverpool, which we haven't seen this season and it was great to see them back.
1: Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index.
2: It really was, not I think Robertson maybe especially, I think people had that discussion whether Simmercast might be turning into the guy at left-back, but I think we saw, especially today, maybe it was just the occasion of Man City or whatever, but we saw the difference where Robbo's just relentless. I think you could argue Simakas is a similar level of, of footballer. But in terms of just being a shit shithouse and bringing the extra thing, I think Robbo's just that. Um, and I've probably given him the edge in the defensive work as well, to be fair. But yeah, I think that's where Robbo and other players like that bring the difference as well. Um, but we'll finish the first half, um, Jim. Uh, we have an Anthony Taylor reminder I think it's like the first big foul on Moore not as bad as the one where someone took his top off him basically but we'll come on to that later Uh, Haaland has probably uh, one of his chances of the game I think he loses uh, Gomez loses him for a second um, weak header I think and yeah just that first half I think it went as well as anyone could have expected because we're not it wasn't going to be one of them games where we piss through them 3-0 the way we were playing but
3: I think at half-time, everyone was like, we can fucking go and win this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I thought the first half-hour, I still had that little voice in my head saying, yeah, we can go and win this, but we can just as easily go and screw something up and and let them in. And then it becomes a bit more of a mountain to climb. But even then, I was thinking, but fuck it, we'll climb the mountain. The way we're playing today, if we do that to ourselves, we will climb that mountain. But we... It, it was just, I mean, the, I wrote the word tenacious defending from LFC, I cannot remember what was happening, but I must have been really enjoying it at the time just coming to the end of that half it was, um, there was another bit where Harland got that, where I think it was an easy header but straight, in, straight into Ali's hands and um, I say an easy header for him and, and the reputation he's got, that should, as they say should have scored and I hate that saying, but you know in his case maybe it's true um, it, was, it was sort of it was a strange ending to the half though as well I think it started to get it started just to go quiet the last few minutes as if both sides were kind of wary of sort of going, you know, too too much into it. And that gave the um, the sad moment for the City fans to start singing the National Anthem. And I am convinced they did sing God Save the Queen because oh, they all got mixed up yeah. with it. Um, and it's just God. sad. I mean, why, why do that? Is that the best, wittiest thing that you can come up thing, with? Thing is, you know, I, mean, I know point. you're not we used played... to singing. The
2: thing is, we made... someone made the point. We played Rangers twice, and they didn't even do that. the <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, I mean, Rangers did do the national anthem actually. I oh, think, but right. yeah, but I mean, they had all their other songs to sing, didn't they? I mean, all, yeah. they've got a repertoire of. Um, Fans. They've got plenty of hateful <laughs> songs to sing, haven't yeah. they? I'm sure. Where a city. I don't know. It's just, it's just sad to see. It really is for I, them. I
0: but... I genuinely don't know that there's a city chant that I'd know if I heard it, other than Blue Moon. And that's it. Like that's kind of all they've got. I mean, most. Hey, dude.
3: The they they use the the, the well known from that well known Manchester band. That might, hey,
0: dude. <laughs> yeah, That's a that's a, a strange one. That's a real strange one, especially, you know, if Bellingham does end up with us, I wonder will that get binned off. <laughs> um, yeah. they, stole the, like,
2: they stole the Poznan from like Poznan.
0: That's it, and then they had to yes. abandon it because Posnan got pissed off about it. Um, the color
2: two race song is that the last one.
0: Was, was the Colo Touré song not originally an Arsenal chant though? Was
3: it? I was thinking that.
0: I think it was. A, I think the Colo 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 Touré thing was originally an Arsenal chant. It, yeah, yeah. And City, when they got both of them, just nicked the song and then um... yeah ex- expanded it. As far as I know, it was an Arsenal song. But like, in fairness, most of City's fans were Arsenal and Spurs and Chelsea fans before City got all the money and started winning stuff. So, I mean, you don't expect plastic fans to know songs and stuff.
3: Very true. No, I think I think that yeah, they they had some decent fans back when they got relegated because they stayed with it. and and to refer to those fans, I always think they're the mm. fans of those that I'm sort of happy for as much as you can be as 100%. a fan of another club that they're winning things. But as you say, they they've become a, an absolute minority now. In a oh small yeah,
0: small I mean, my stepfather was one of them. So. My stepfather used to yeah. go to Main Road all the time. Him and his best mate, I, I think they may be the only two Man City fans. Uh, in our town one, one of them ha- your man has a son and he, he's a city fan as well but other than them I'm not sure there are any real city fans they'd have grown up around the time of Francis Lee and Colin Bell and Mike Summerby, so that's where they would have gotten their fandom yes. um, in the same way one of my step stepfathers um, brothers is a Derby fan because of Francis Lee and obviously Brian Clough and that as well yeah. but they used to go to Main Road And for the when they moved to the Etihad, they went there for years as well. But they said that they've a it's the the, the cost has become too much, and B there's just no real atmosphere because all of the old school fans that they would have known from the years ago on to Main Road, firstly, when they moved stadium, they weren't all put together. They all so, like, the guy you sat next to maybe on the Kippax or stood next to you for years and years. He was sitting over the far side of the stadium. Yeah. They split them all up and then obviously more and more plastic fans and whatever else arrive. And then they give away so many free tickets for every home game as well. Other than the biggest games, there's tens of thousands of free tickets given away to school kids in Manchester and whatever else. Yeah. Because a lot of the a lot of the real city fans have turned their back in the same way that I am of the belief that if the Saudi Arabian group that bought Newcastle had bought us, I am firmly of the belief that many people would have turned their back on Liverpool. And while they'd still be fans, they wouldn't go to the games anymore because they wouldn't want that association.
3: I think one thing that definitely would have happened if we'd have had that kind of take-up is that we'd have stood there if we did go to the game and we'd have made it clear that we did not approve of, of all these atrocities and we'd have... You know, we'd have been spending so much time protesting against the owners, if not to get rid of the owners, but to get them to sort of recognise that it's time to change. Um, but yeah, it would have been a horrendous thing to be a fan of a club owned by that kind of regime.
2: The still China, lads, don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the second half. Um, and Dave, I'll come to you, because it is a very eventful start to the second half. Um, I'll start with the, miss- the Salah 1v1 that he missed. Um, it's just... I think it's Bobby who sends him through after a really nice interplay um, before that. We've seen this a million times, More tends to score these, but I think the shock here is that it's Edison who saved it rather than he missed it, because, albeit he gets overrated massively, I, I still wouldn't expect Edison to make clutch saves like that, but fair, fair play is a fantastic save for him.
0: It is a really good save, and uh, the the commentary team I watched just made the point, like, you do wonder with a goalkeeper when they make a big save like that, but a a goal kick is given rather than a a corner. Does it annoy them a little bit like that their save hasn't actually been recognized? Now, obviously it'll be recognized by their teammates and the staff and whatever else afterwards. But in that moment, they don't get that recognition of having made a a big, big save and a big save is their equivalent of, of scoring a goal. So it, it must be a little bit hard to take. Now, obviously, he spent a few minutes rolling around on the ground pretending to be injured, uh, so maybe he didn't care. But it was—it was a great save because Salah does everything right. He draws him. He keeps Aki on his back hip, and he has it. It's going in the bottom corner, and it's a lovely little flick by uh, by Ederson. And, and fair play, fair play—he does very, very well.
2: And not bad for the second best. Uh... Brazilian goalkeeper on the pitch um, <laughs> Jim I'll come to you for the disallowed goal Um, God it's an obvious foul on Fabinho and I think Taylor was missing a few of them which we'll get to the most egregious towards the end of the game but Ali clearly had two hands on it as well I, I just don't understand obviously we see Pep fucking going supernova at the end uh, at the end of this um, moment here it's just it seems like a pretty obvious decision. I mean, I think they mentioned it a oh, fair play for Taylor over 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 the Bell in last week. Um, but yeah, it seemed like a pretty obvious overturn to me, even though I was pissed off at the time.
3: It was yeah, I mean the the foul it, it it was given a lot of it was letting a lot of fouls go today, and some people say that's great because it you know it keeps the game flowing and I kind of get it to us to a certain extent, but you know, some something like that. I mean, I'm not i I'm not a fan of wrestling i never have been, I'm afraid. I know some people love it. And I'm certainly not a fan of it on on the football pitch. And it's you know, this this shirts are gonna stuff. It goes on too much and, and players get away with it and they know how to get away with it. And I think that's that's the issue for the referee that once once that goal's gone in, then you've got to look at it. The VAR has to look at it. And if you look at that, there's no way there's no two ways about it. That is a foul. Now, in a way that maybe took the decision away from them because that's not my in the background. If If there was, um, if 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 you don't look at that, if you look at that foul and and you say it's not a foul, then you've got to look at the next one, as you say, and maybe maybe they didn't need to look at the next one. They were happy enough with that first one. Um, But yeah, to me, he he got the ball kicked out of his hands. It's dangerous play. It's not only a foul; it's dangerous play. I mean, I get it. You're a striker. You want to go for the ball. It's sort of instinctive to kick the hell out of that thing, but. You know, you're in front of goal, et cetera, et cetera. But even so, it's dangerous play. And I've seen players book for that kind of play in the past. He he had it in his hands. Unfortunately, you weren't quick enough. Ali was, end of end of story. Mm. Um but yeah, to be fair, that I think I don't know whether Taylor I don't know, I just don't understand why you let that foul go in the first place, to be honest. And he didn't he, he did sort of let a lot of things go in the game, but in that situation, you you can't let them get away with that. Um, but maybe that's the good thing about VAR, that if that kind of foul does lead to a goal, it's got to be looked at. And yeah, Withenshaw lost at that point.
0: Can I just interrupt the podcast to bring breaking news? Liverpool have released a statement following today's match against Manchester City at Anfield. Statement reads, we are deeply disappointed to hear vile chants relating to football stadium tragedies from the away section during today's game at Anfield. Well done. The concourse in the away section was also vandalised with graffiti of a similar nature. We know the impact such behaviour has on the families, survivors and all those associated with such disasters. We are working with the relevant authorities and we will also work with Manchester City in order to do our utmost to ensure these chants are eradicated from football altogether. That was published 15 minutes ago and that is absolutely appalling carry-on
3: I heard. I heard the chants. I heard it's the usual. You know, it kicks off with the always, always a victim stuff. It's never your fault and all yeah. the rest of it. Which they know is hurtful. They know is hurtful. That is why they do it. Um, it's like I don't know. There's there's people who, if it was a racist chant, they'd they'd, they'd be they'd be pulled up for it, wouldn't they? And it's and I'm not. I'm not trying to sort of match the two things together, but either way, it's something cruel and designed to hurt people. It's something deliberately nasty and vindictive. And to be honest with you, it's got no place in sports, has it? People died. That could have been them. It could have been their families. If they were any good at the time, maybe it would have been. You know, and that's just a little digger than the football side of it. But in truth, any club could have been a victim of what went on that day with those police and that and that FA. And the fact that, you know, we're still waiting for justice completely for it. We didn't ever really get it. But the truth is, is, the one bit of justice we can get is that this never happens again. And it will happen again if you think it's something to laugh about.
2: Yeah, I think someone's just published some videos of it. Yeah, I won't do it on the podcast, obviously. But, yeah, it looks pretty, pretty clear there. Um, yeah, we'll try and move on. I think Pep uh, said he may have had coins thrown at him as well today. It's not
0: as someone said, it's the first time he's ever complained about how the money's thrown at him.
2: (laughs) It is, it's a good one, but yeah, it shouldn't be, he shouldn't be doing stuff like that. And I'm not comparing that to the Hillsborough stuff because that is probably one idiot, whereas it's clearly a group. Well, it's not even just a group, this is the entire football fandom. It's not even just Man City, this goes on week to week. It's fucking,
3: it's that mentality, isn't it? And it's it's not, and it's not helped by it's this like anti scouse mentality and. And it does really piss me off, to be honest, because if, if Liverpool was a nation, they'd all be in trouble for within the FA world, if you like, for for um, discrimination against someone because of their nation, you know, because mm. of the the nationality. It's it's not a nationality, but it's an identity, and it's just it's just nasty, and it's just it's just not needed, and really, but, like, it needs to be clamped down in society. It's also
0: ignorant, Jim, because yeah. do they have no awareness of where they're from? Like, you hear. The obvious one is that you hear from a lot from from Manx is bin dippers. Yeah. See, you're laughing at poverty. Have you taken a look at the poverty numbers and the homeless numbers in your own city, perhaps?
3: Near your own ground. Near your own own ground,
0: exactly. Like, it took a footballer born and raised in your city, in your city, to come out and help get starving children fed during a pandemic while the government failed because that footballer could see the effects locally locally in the city of Manchester. It's the same thing I always say to the to the Londoners. Have you been in London recently? What parts of London do you go to? Because I can name you seven or eight places off the top of my head where the poverty, the homelessness, the drug problems and all of that is absolutely eye-opening and would would absolutely break your heart to walk through some of those areas. Yes, the city of Liverpool has some issues in terms of poverty, in terms of homelessness, in terms of unemployment. So do every other major city in the world. Every other major city in the world. And what is this Tory behaviour of mocking even if liverpool was by far the poorest city in the world and had the most homeless and the most unemployed and all that yada 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 what sort of tory behaviour is it to sit there and mock that you're yep. mocking somebody because they don't have a job or because they're they're hungry like just just take a second and think about what you're saying when you say these things but tribalism in football is one of the biggest cancers we have in the game and when you see these opposition fans, and I, I will say, I, a Guy, it's not every single group, but it is most. But there are mm-hmm. a couple of groups of fans that do come to Anfield, English fans from other Premier League clubs, and they're very, very respectful. They don't sing that shit. They come for a good day away. And the most hurtful thing they might say is, you know, where's your famous atmosphere? Or whatever. How shit are you? We've, we're winning away. Or whatever. Something like that. But they're football fans. City's group today have let themselves down and shown themselves to just be a gang of scumbags.
3: If they could take their heads out of their own arses for a bit and actually have a look around themselves, they'd see... Yes, there is poverty in Liverpool, but you know what? There's a lot of good in Liverpool, and there's a lot of good people, friendly people, and you know what? I've had such a good laugh down the years with fans of other clubs who've taken the time to sort of, if you like, infiltrate the pubs around Anfield. You know, they've taken that that chance, which, you know, in, in, you might describe as brave, but it's not brave. They'll get the piss taken out of them, a bit of a no, laugh. No, that's exactly, but, yes. But they'll have a pint bought for them as well.
2: It is a shame. It is a shame of me and Dave as outsiders to to scouters as well. You, you feel that welcoming at times. It's just... It is a fucking disgrace. Um, but yeah, I think you... We see in recent times Brentford, Brighton, maybe some newer established teams like that to the Premier League. They seem to be the ones that sound, but the ones that have been stuck in the Premier League and top division football for years, they just either, whether it's bitterness or just hatred from the 80s and, and Hillsborough onwards, it, it is vile stuff, obviously... Rivalry with United and stuff like that—it's gone overboard both times, both ways with with Hillsborough and Munich, etc. But it's just really odd. Like when you see like Newcastle fans doing it at times, like what the fuck? Newcastle should be sharing similarities with Liverpool. There's so much in city. common, Liverpool. Yeah. yeah,
3: Liverpool and Newcastle are so similar cities in so many different ways, but. I mean, they've only got one, one annoying team, but yeah. But oh, totally, again, but, you know.
0: if anyone wants, I'll take you on a walk around Newcastle and I'll show you things that'll make your eyes bleed. So you know, know, know where you're from, know well, what what is the issues in your own city, and maybe worry about fixing them
3: rather than a couple of other cities. And be grateful that you're not the people in your city that are in that position. Be grateful that you've got into a better position and maybe Mm -hmm. do something to help those who aren't, instead of being twats and Tories about it. Exactly.
2: So don't complain when Liverpool fans fill fill up the food bank collection, do they?
0: Um, No, that's exactly mm -hmm. it. That's exactly it. They don't complain about these things. And again, I am sure... There are Manchester City fans who've gone to that game today purely to enjoy a game of football, who have brought donations for food banks and are good people. But unfortunately, they're, they're just outnumbered by scumbags.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, every Man City fan I know in real life is, is actually all right. Same. Same. You know, but I don't, I, I, I don't you know. know any.
2: <laughs> Newcastle found sound that I know um, we'll <laughs> go with that. but we'll get back on the game, but yeah, it is fucking. it's so disappointing every time you hear stuff like this um Dave, I'll come back to you um over if you want to go on about there over uh, the overturned goal feel feel free um but just after that this the free chances back to back Jotter misses a header, he seems to just jump a bit early or he doesn't head mm. down um. Then a five, uh, four or so minutes later, Fabinho picks up a yellow card. I'll, I'll pause with you there because feel free to go over the chances and stuff like that, but that's kind of been what we've been missing as a team, is is taking, yeah. a, taking a bullet for the team. Cause, I mean, Fab's been guilty of himself, but you mentioned um, Henderson kind of not been doing that. Tiago even at times, who loves to tackle, and I'm sure your highlight of the game was his two-footed one. Yeah. No, <laughs> sure, no, sure that,
0: that was me. the second highlight of the game. The <laughs> actual highlight... Is there's a picture going round of uh, oh, yes. Thiago kicking halves right in the notes <laughs> he, through both legs.
2: He, he took your advice from previous. Uh, exactly, it's what I said exactly. to do.
0: It's what I yeah. said to do. Um that yellow card was a really clever yellow card to take, and it is what we've been lacking. It is what Henderson should have done last weekend when Martinelli got a run on him. It is what Henderson should have done at Old Trafford for the second goal and for the first goal, mo- mostly actually for the first goal. But it is something we have been lacking. Um, But I thought the two in midfield, I thought the two in midfield, they were brilliant. And I thought, you know, a lot of Fab's taken a lot of unfair stick because he's been let down over the last 12 months by having to do someone else's work. Today, he just had to do his own work. And I thought he was outstanding at it, including the yellow card. But you're right with the, the Jota chance. He just jumps a little bit too early, a little bit too early. Otherwise, he's burying that and um, as far as the goal goes Bernardo Silva's had himself a big cry said that uh, all we expect from referees is consistency um, no what you expect <clears throat> from referees is that they'll give you everything because you're a little cry arse but if there was consistency from the referee Mo Salah got dragged to the ground on three different occasions today once Rodri went through the back of him and pulled him down in the first half and that led to a big city chance Um the time that Klopp ended up getting sent off for, and there was another one earlier in the game as well where he was just being dragged out of kind of around the halfway line. And, like, none of these decisions get given. But when Haaland gets rightly done for fouling Fabinho, and then he fouled Alisson as well, they want to have a big cry about it. Bernardo Silva, he's a brilliant player, and we would adore him if he was ours. But I think he's the most unlikable player in the league genuinely I think he's so unlikable and I wonder if it's a little bit like when we had Suarez and we loved him and everyone else hated him because he just has a dislikable personality now Bernardo Silva's not a patch of the player as good and all as he is he's not the level of Luis Suarez but I do wonder if it's a bit like that where they love him and we'd love him if we had him but by God he's easy to hate
2: there's a few lads from Manchester probably prefer to hate for different reasons but we won't get into them today. Uh, they've got one each at the minute um just to get another dig in there. Uh, <laughs> what else have we got? Um, there's another more chance cutting in from the right. You probably should pass the jar. I think he may, he had a chance to square it on his first chance as well. But you you never expect more to pass on a one v one situation, do you? To be fair. Um, who else nearly exploded when number eleven came off on the subs?
3: Yeah, yeah. You think <laughs> what, what's going
0: on? Klopp yeah. looked really surprised. When Salah came over and he went over and had a little chat with him, and he turned around and looked and he just looked back at Salah <laughs> and he looked again. And then he must have said something, obviously, like, Oh, it's not it's not him, he's not coming off, someone else is definitely coming off.
2: <laughs> the defo paid the rest, like, Gotta get him off, he's gonna win him the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, 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 it was really odd. Uh, the subs we did do then, um, Darwin comes on for Bobby, Cavalier comes on for Elliot, and Henderson comes on for Fab, who we just mentioned got a yellow card, so makes sense. Uh literally a couple minutes later, Dave. Mo Salah against the best fullback in the world, um, by all accounts. Pause for effect. Absolutely retires, Joe Cancelo, and just slots it past comfortably, Edison.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I just... The, Joe Cancelo is he's a really good player going forward. He is an absolute train wreck defensively. Like he is defensively what people try and pretend Trent is, but Trent is a much better defender than him um Trent is is a good defender he just gets left exposed too often this season he's been garbage. we know that, but in general, Trent is a very good is is a good defender um but because Gary Neville doesn't like him because he's kind of taking Gary Neville's crown as the best English right back in the history of the Premier League, even though Gary Neville was never much more than average. Uh, he has led that absolutely nonsense campaign about Trent. And I'd be really curious to see if he's got much to say about Canseo because that is, that is about as bad as it gets. Like, that is absolutely shocking stuff. There is no reason for him to do what he does there. It makes it so easy for Salah. Now, Salah is an absolute monster. Like. He is so strong. Mm. When when he, in the first half, he got that break down the right. He just sort of, like Aki tried to swing out of him and he just shoved him to the ground and just was on his way. He is so strong. And he used his body brilliantly. And once he got through one-on-one in that central zone, you just, after missing one chance, you knew he wasn't missing the second. And it is a great finish and a well-deserved goal. But what credit we have to give to Allison. Mm-hmm. because they have a dangerous free kick. They load up. Everybody's forward. It's focus. You can see the, the conversations taking place. You can see Virgil barking orders and putting people where he wants them. Ball comes in. Ali catches it. And normally, you'd be in the pressure game like that, you'd be thinking, just slow it down. Just slow it down. Take as long as you can here out of the ball and let us get back into a normal shape, let the right back get to right back, the left back get to left back, etc, cetera, etc cetera. but he doesn't, he looks up and he spots Mo and Mo times the run brilliantly the, as the ball comes out of Ali's hands onto his boot, Mo is crossing the halfway line so he's onside as the ball is released and his eyes must have just lit up when he realised it was Canseo. just bodies him and it's an absolutely brilliant finish and You could, and you know what really impressed me. And Lee Dixon spotted this in commentary as well. Half the team didn't rush forward to celebrate. The defensive players largely got back into defensive position and got barked at, and Virgil was barking at them. Then he walked forward and celebrated with Mo, but the rest of them stayed in position. They got their gate, their their mind right for the game to restart, and the focus to still be there. And it was huge because the danger was they'll be like a wounded animal now they're going to be dangerous for the next five minutes and we just managed to smother them for the next five minutes and, and really kind of kill any momentum they tried to build up a couple of niggly little fouls a couple of shirt pulls a couple of moments where we just kind of kept the ball or drew a foul or whatever it was I thought we managed the game so well in the immediate aftermath of that goal
2: We absolutely did We absolutely did But Jim, I mean, <clears throat> you you... Um, jumped in there where, when Dave mentioned Ali. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's four four seasons now. He's got an assist in three of them, and the other one he got a goal in. So, yeah, he's <laughs> he's certainly a weapon of the of the good variety, isn't
3: he? Yeah, he's he's definitely a weapon for us, unlike the weapons in the city um, terraces. But yeah, he, he 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 just has that vision, doesn't he? he? He knows what Salah can do with the ball as well. And I mean, I, I get what you're saying about you know. You're under pressure, so let's you know the the standard thing is bounce the ball a couple of times. You know, tell people to get up, let everyone get back into position, give pass the ball up and hope, hope that they don't come straight back at you. Forget that. He can see the possibilities, and, and off he goes. You know, rappers' old favourite word, possibilities. But that—that's what it was. It was a possibility there that that Salah could do something, and Salah boy, did he do something! Um, you know, he's—I think just before that as well, there was a say from Ali that didn't get a lot of a lot of praise from their, you know lacking in praise Manchester-ridden um, Sky commentary team. MUTV. Um, yes, that's basically what I must have had on, even though it said something else. It—it's not. You know, it wasn't like the. Like a, a worldie by any chance, but it needed to be made, and yet it's oh yeah, the, you know it's like doing down the player who would have the shot rather than giving some praise to the keeper. It's always very negative from those commentators, and it happens too much in football. You know, let's have more of the positives, and there were so many positives from us today, and that that was definitely one of them that that Ali just had that vision, but Salah had the composure not just to to make sure he got that ball, but then to just go the rest of the way and show the keeper that this time he's not going to get. You know he's not going to get credit for a save because he isn't going to make one.
2: Exactly, exactly, and just—it's so good to see my We touched on it at the start, but having more playing in more areas—it just—it's so good to see because that experiment for the start of the season. Whether he could have played better in that position or what, it's not really the question. It's just the fact we put him in these areas, scores a hat trick in about six minutes against Rangers, and tortures the best team in the country. Yeah,
3: Mo, just, Mo's yeah. got his mojo it's just what yeah. you
2: need absolutely absolutely. Um, we're nearly towards the end of the game on about 78 minutes now Darwin obviously just come on um, before the goal has a nice run draws a foul from Akanji who I think this is when he got his yellow card um, he should have probably been sent off because we played advantage on like two fouls from him thanks for that Taylor Um mm. Fantastic defending by Van Dijk, Dave. I'm sure you want to mention that, but I'll I'll ask you in in, in pair with Tiago tries to murder Rodri, <laughs> but Van Dijk. I, I think we all appreciated the coordination and, um, uh, well coordination of of the defense. But that um, header over his own bar mm. is just probably the cherry on the cake for that. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's it's brilliant to to react the way he did and to be in complete control of the situation with most defenders that's probably going in the back of their own net Um, but but (laughs) Thiago on Rodri is just brilliant like it's obviously he runs up to try and press him and then slips and just goes right through the back from leads in a big bundle City players obviously begin to cry Thiago is obviously making his case to the referee like I slipped you know it is a bad foul I slipped blah 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 And City a City players come over to cry. And the disdain in which Thiago looks at them (laughs) and then explains to them, listen, you lads are lucky to be even on the same pitch as me. It's (laughs) it's just, he's... I, I, I couldn't love him anymore because you saw it in every kind of big moment in the game. He was the one up to the referee talking. It was the same against Arsenal. He was the one leading the council to make our case when the goal was their disallowed goal was scored. He was the first one to go to the referee and explain to him what happened. And I think he carries enough gravitas that he can be a little bit more narky at referees without getting kind of in trouble for it. But like what there was there was just a lovely hint of James Milner in the in, immediate aftermath of that, foul on Rodri where he turns around to the referee and he's like, you know, it it's it, an accident or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm thirty, and like, I'm
2: thirty now, Anfredy. You got that's it, it like, you know, I have
0: never been the quickest. I slipped, I'm old, I've got grey hair. Like what do you want from me? Shave the
2: hair off, it's had to go. And <laughs> then
0: he picks right helps pick Rodri up. <laughs> and I'm sure just said to him, Now you can tell your grandkids that I walloped you one day and just get back in position. I'm Lovely taking sport. your
2: World Cup spot chief, no fuck off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, don't go to the World Cup because we need—we kind of need you not to, Tiago. Um, Jim, the moment um, Salah literally has his shirt taken off three times by Bernardo Silva, um, yeah. Klopp then makes a beautiful run up the wing to call the assistant referee a prick by by by, by, by my imagination, and then gets sent off. Um, I'm sure it wasn't even prick. I'm sure it was some angrier German word, but I, yeah. I don't. It will not get overruled, obviously, because Klopp can't. I'm, I'm doing air quotes for the purpose of the audio. He can't do that. But fucking hell, I ain't. Obviously, Anthony Taylor didn't become the main story of this, but he could. He could have become. Um, but fucking hell, that is awful pre- refereeing there. Unfortunately, he didn't really decide the game, as we mentioned with Oliver last week. But Jesus Christ, this was going on all game, and this was the most blatant and obvious. And for Klopp to get sent off for rightfully calling someone a bell end, it just seems really stupid to me.
3: I know it's like if you'd said, like, Well, you're inaccurate, he's not a bell end, he's just a knobhead, but he wasn't, he was a bell end, so he got it right. But why did um, why did Pep. Get no punishment whatsoever for basically to be trying to stop Taylor go to the yeah, screen for the disallowed goal. And that was the second time, Jim. There was another moment in the game earlier than that where he came onto
0: the pitch to protest yes, something. Yes, he did. You're right. And, like, and how was he, he not sent off? At, at the very least, he should have got two yellows one for entering the field of play, which he's not allowed to do, mm-hmm. and the other for the way he reacted as Taylor walked over to look at the camera because Pep knew, because Pep had a great view of it, Pep knew it was a foul. So as soon as he knew he saw Taylor walking over, he knew that goal was getting ruled out. That's why he reacted that way.
3: That's he what I knew yeah. it was a foul. I, th- I think there's a few times I've wanted to use this word tonight about Liverpool players, um, about players being honest players. And I think it's a massive thing in football. You've got players who, yeah, OK, th- th- we, we joke about what we just said with Milner saying it was just an accent. Well, it kind of was and this kind of thing. But they're generally, generally honest players and they generally, you know, they're not going to claim things that weren't, you know, they're not going to dive. If they fall over, it's because they got hit. You know, maybe they could have stayed on the feet, but they'll go down because they got hit. I don't think we've got any divers in the team. I think we've got players who are honest and a manager who's honest and. Klopp won't go and make a claim that he doesn't think is true Yeah, I don't think you can say that about Manchester City as a team um, and as a coaching staff. I think they will try, try it on with referees. I think they will make things up. Silva, as you as said over and over again, is not someone I would describe as an honest player. Um, I mean, sometimes an honest player is when he just just goes and kicks someone early on and puts his hands up for it. In a way, Klopp took one for the team. He took a red card for the team the way that we'd love to see our midfielders every so often take one for the team, or our full taking one for the team, getting a yellow and stopping a break. I think I think it needed to be done. If anything, it maybe just woke the referee up into realising what he'd been doing. Um, perhaps it didn't, but I think the shame is it's not going to be overruled, and football will do nothing. I mean, Michael Oliver quietly didn't get a game this weekend after being shit last weekend, but nothing's said about it. The, 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 the refs don't come out and say, oh, we're sorry, our ref was shit, and we're going to give him no game this weekend as a punishment. Mm, you know, we're going to send him on that. a course... You know, apparently he's not had a game this weekend. Mm-hmm. It might I be thought, wrong. I but thought he was just would have been, been like
2: Manchester United v. Newcastle. He's from Newcastle, isn't he? But yes. I, I thought he just would have been on one of them Sunday on games. No, apparently yeah.
3: he didn't get a game. But he was. It may. I'm not sure if he was on VAR or fourth official officials. Mm. G- but I de- he definitely didn't get a refereeing game from a, an article I read. And apologies if that's wrong. But he shouldn't have got a game after what he did. And this is another of the issues with football is everyone cocks up everyone makes mistakes um sometimes people don't cock up because the bias i don't think referees are particularly even when they're from Withenshaw refereeing a Liverpool game but they can be bad they can be crap they can miss things make bad decisions they can let things go that they shouldn't go they can be inconsistent so when they are those things they should be called out for it they should be punished for it in some way and they should be able to sort of learn from that and and make sure it doesn't keep happening because we shouldn't be talking about them I'm sick of talking about referees after games Um, I think one thing I did say last weekend was what Liverpool mustn't do after the Arsenal game is go away and think this referee was crap It's all because of the referee. This is why we didn't win, all because of the referee. Yeah, the referee played a massive part in us losing in that game. But this this happens. Football is like that. Referees are shit and you've got to pick yourselves up and go and get a goal despite the referee being shit. And that's what we had to come with. And I think we did that today. We saw a shit ref. We carried on and carried on and carried on. And we kept that, that clean sheet and we got that goal. And whether it was Taylor's best efforts or worst efforts, he didn't win the game for City. But he did try though, I think.
2: He absolutely bloody did try. Um yeah, I think you summed that up there perfectly, Jim. Um a couple negatives to end the game well one negative and then one annoyance. Um Dave, you've been a, you were a big advocate of signing Darwin. I think he just needs to calm down a smidgen because he probably could have ended the game with two assists there, especially the first one, because I think he was, was it to more. I can't remember who he didn't pass to. But well, the second one, he tried to pick out at, um, Trent at the back post and should have really passed to Carvalho, in my opinion. But Darwin could have put the um, the icing on the cake at the end there and just seemed to pick the wrong choice both times for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, he definitely picked the wrong choice the first time. Um, he should have passed it to Mo. I think his eyes just lit up a little bit, but he should have slotted Mo in. Um the second one, I actually thought he made the right choice. I just thought he overhit the pass uh, mm-hmm. just ever so slightly, but like uh, he was giving Trent a tap in, he just hit the ball a little bit too hard, and Trent couldn't quite catch up. Um, but like he ran them ragged when he came on, and I'm seeing people say he was shit. I, I like I, I get that he made the wrong decision on that first one. I, again, I, you, you can argue he made the wrong one, on the second one. I think it was the right one, but whatever. Um, either way he didn't execute it the right way mm-hmm. but like he ran a kanji round the place They couldn't. his, his hold up play was good his link play was pretty good Ob- well now I say link play, he he played one <laughs> pass out, and he he, com- he completed his only plat- pass of the game, mm-hmm. but I thought his hold up play was good, his running the channels was good I thought he was active and, and aggressive in what he was doing he closed down their centre backs a couple of times and he caused them a lot of trouble which you know, that's what you put him out there for. You put him out there to go out and cause them problems. So, yeah, look, he's really raw. And we knew that before we signed him. But if you can't see the talent that that lad has and the physical attributes the lad has, I, I don't think this is the game for you. That's that's the best defence in the league, other than our own, for the last four, four or five years. He monstered them in the community shield when he came on he's come on and caused havoc tonight or this afternoon rather like it will take time it's a it's a process good for us he's gonna score an awful lot of goals
2: yeah so i think you just gotta get the to use a FIFAism chemistry with, with the front um lads and obviously we still we know he's still learning the language and stuff like that so.
3: they're just gonna say quickly as well with um with Nunes as well, I think one of the things people are unhappy with about his decision was that he didn't go to the corner and just waste some time, but that's not in his DNA, I don't think he can only see that goal, and that, that's that's as you say, he's raw, he needs to work on that, but he, he's got his eyes pointing in the right direction, I think
2: Yeah, absolutely absolutely um, Well, I was going to word it, sadly we might see more of Darwin, but that sounds dist- <laughs> Um <laughs> uh, Disregarding down but I uh, Jim, uh, the game ends with Jota who put in a monster shift. To be fair, in a probably a position that's maybe not suited to his attacking abilities, but he put a shift in, and it it looks like his hamstring went or something in that area mm-hmm. of his leg went. I obviously the World Cup being five weeks away now, um, if it, if it's that, uh, he may miss that for Portugal, but more importantly for us. He's going to miss about a million games, seeing as we play every five minutes. Uh, it's just, especially in that um, area of the pitch, we just had um, Diaz pull up with an injury. It's so sad for him, but I'm not I'm not sure what we're going to do in that area of the pitch now.
3: No, it's... Um, I mean, Cavalio's not ready. You know, if you sort of even think about players that you can move around and stuff like that, I don't think Cavalho's ready to he's learning his trade still at this level, I think, and he's he's gonna be a good player eventually and he's gonna get his confidence. But, you know, we, he he's he's kind of been an almost unsung hero the last few games. I mean, there's not that many mentions of the fact that Salah's hat trick against Rangers were all jotter assists, things like that. You know, he's 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 done he's he's kinda of gone into that situation that strikers get him where everyone is saying, When did he score last time when has he scored? as if that's the be all and end all of what being a striker is. Um Klopp's not asked who gets the goals as long as we get the goals, and and his his work in in what's really has been a new position for him in terms of what he's what he's done for us has, has been tremendous. He's, he's he's an excellent signing. He you know we, we he's one of our you know we talk about some of the great signings we've had, and he's one of them. And it's just a shame to see him do that. He did look like he'd stretched. Um, he was just doing that little bit of overstretching to get the ball. It was just sort of quite innocuous. But you know this was sort of probably. Trying to think where we were. We were probably ninety-six minutes into the game by then. Yeah. Um. You know, well into injury time. Well where into did injury six time. Minutes
2: come from by the way.
3: Well, was it the um the disallowed goal and? But there, was um, was one, there was only the one. Goal. Two, there was only one.
2: There two set. There two sets of subs because
0: we did three then one, didn't we?
3: It wasn't Edison injured? No, we, oh, Edison a couple injured of minutes as well.
0: It. Yeah. Edison got hurt. The disallowed goal. The Clop red right cards. The. First buying the subs that we made, bringing on Trent, mm-hmm. and they brought Taylor on Tax, Julian Taylor Alvarez, tax as well. and we scored. Maybe it's not as bad So four. yeah, no, so I, th- I think six minutes was was about right to be fair. Yeah, I actually, fair enough, I actually predicted um, seven.
3: Then, yeah, I predicted seven because I thought Taylor would at least add. I thought it should be six 12. at the most, but Taylor <laughs> will add another one on at least. Yeah. Um, to did. be honest with you, though, I think well, yeah, because Jota went down with maybe thirty seconds of that. I'm guessing now, I wasn't in the situation to remember times that much, but I'm sure we had maybe 30 seconds of that, six minutes left, and we played another two minutes when we kicked off. So I think it went on for nearly 100 minutes in the end.
2: Yeah, but well, at least we escaped, Taylor, uh, and Man City. Um, but, I mean, final thoughts from you then, uh, Dave, I'll start with you. And uh, plugs, if you want to plug anything.
0: I have to say, there was not one second of that game right up until the final whistle where the preeminent thought in my mind wasn't, I take a draw here. Even one nil up last couple of seconds of the game. I was thinking if they score, I'm not going to be too upset because I would have taken a draw beforehand because I did think we were going to lose. I didn't see that performance in us given how bad we've been in recent weeks. Um, Obviously when you see Milner picked it right back against Foden who had absolutely rinsed them a year ago, that's a big concern. But like I said at the start, I thought our lads were absolutely excellent today. I thought the two boys down the right, Milner and Elliot, worked incredibly hard. The same with the two boys down the left. The two boys in the centre midfield, I thought were brilliant. The centre-back partnership, that's the partnership that largely won us the league. And... um They look like they play together every single week. They were just so confident. And they stopped that massive freak from scoring a goal. And not just that, I mean, what chances did he really have? He had the one where he tried to chip Ali, which is a half chance at best. He had the header that was straight at Ali. And he had one shot in the second half that Ali made a good save from. Ali Ali came up big when we needed him to come up big, even though he wasn't forced into any... Great saves. He made some good saves, and he made them very confidently. And obviously, he gets another assist, which is a a hell of an effort. Um, I thought 1 through 11, the starting 11, all ran themselves into the ground and played really well, especially off the ball. The subs, when they came on, they just did their jobs. All All we ever ask is that these players just do their jobs. And Darwin came on. He stretched the field. He worked them. He kept them guessing and and created three chances in the game. Um, Carvalho was busy, replicated what Harvey had done off the ball, got himself involved on the ball. Um, Henderson, when he came on, didn't go ball chasing, didn't abandon position. He, he was getting called back into position, and he was getting back into position. He did exactly what was needed of him. And that type of role suits him more because that's 20 minutes to go on and empty the tank. Go on and give us everything in your legs for 20 minutes. Fuck managing yourself through games. Go on and burn your energy for 20 minutes. That's all we need from him from now on. And and he did it when he came on. I thought Trent, when he came on, had one iffy moment at the end with Foden. Um, but nearly got a goal, and and you know, great, uh, great to have him back at the very least, and hopefully he's good to go for West Ham. And obviously then Costas comes on, and, and the game is practically up. But his hair looked good, I suppose, just to say something nice about him. All our lads today got it right. Klopp got it right. I I really did think Milner was a bad decision, but he absolutely nailed it. And Milner had, like I said at the start, his the best game he's had since the year we won the European Cup. He was really really good today. And, look, we're not winning the league. We're 14 points behind Arsenal. We do have a game in hand. That brings it to 11. But that game in hand is away to Chelsea, which will be tough. However, if we win that game in hand, we go fifth. So as bad and all as it was to be 12th before kick-off today, if we win our game in hand, we're fifth. And we're only three points behind Chelsea, which is easily catch- catchable. You know, so there is a spot in that top four absolutely for us. Mm-hmm. We showed last season that we can string a really long unbeaten run together, that we can string r- runs and runs of, of wins together. And we just need to get back to doing that. It doesn't have to be pretty. Today mm-hmm. we weren't pretty. The the football, we there was some really good football played. There. We had a couple of lovely moments down the left of Interplay, a couple of good moments down the right that Virgil... Long ball out to out to Milner. Milner played it back, and it got worked through, and it there was it was the, it led to the Robo chance in the end. Like that was a really nice move. We can mix that in, but we've got to just continue to do the basics, and that's all today was basic fundamental football. Defenders defend, midfield protect, wingers up and down, strikers press your man, work your man, and when you get a chance, take it. That's all we did today. And what a result. What a performance. They're the best team we've played this season. They're better than that group we played last week. And they were better today than Arsenal were last week. We were just really good today and really bad last week. And the referee, when he was told to go and look at his monitor, went and looked at his monitor. He had a shambles of a game. The referee. Shambles. Which is no surprise given where he's from. And he shouldn't be allowed referee their games. I think everybody's aware of that. But he went and he looked and he made the right decision in the end, so, you know, fair play. But I just saw a stat from Brundish. I'll see if I can find it here quickly. Um, It's fouls basically how many times... Yeah, so Mo Salah has been fouled every 89 times he touches the ball over the last five seasons. That's when a free kick is actually given. For Jack Grealish, it's every 22 times. For Kane, it's every twenty-six. For Sterling, sorry, Kane every twenty four, Sterling every twenty six, and Rashford every thirty one. Does anyone really think that Jack Grealish is fouled more often than Mo Salah? I would like to see Liverpool get one of the analysts to go back over the last five years and find all the examples of where Salah has very blatantly been fouled and not got the decision.
2: That's a World Cup for Kenneth, I reckon.
0: Yeah. But put it out there on social media. Because there's no point in sending it to PGMOL. But put it out there on social media. And show what happens. Like that Bernardo Silva foul, He swings out of him. So
2: the most blatant thing i And I've pulls seen. him down. Yeah.
0: The Rodri one, he comes right through the back of him. That could have been a, a, a bad
3: injury. Like, it's outrageous to treat Wasn't treatment. the assistant right there, oh. that last one though as well. It, right beside it, wasn't, it, it wasn't like he was on the opposite side of the pitch.
0: No, he was right beside it, Jim. And he saw it. He has to have seen it. Now, I get that Taylor was trying to let the game flow. And there was a couple of moments where, you know, Bobby bundled into uh, Rodri and sent him on his arse. And some referees definitely would have given a free kick there. There was one with Fabinho where he knocked someone over. And some would have given a free kick there. But, like, there's, there's allowing the game to flow. And then there's simply allowing players to cheat. And he was allowing their players to cheat. So, you know, they can cry all they want, but the better team got the result they deserved today. And we'll very gratefully take those three points and we'll move. And we've got West Ham up next. So that will be a difficult game. But again, it's at home. So hopefully the crowd are well up for that on Wednesday night. Then it's Forest early next Saturday, uh, the the 12.30 kickoff. So... Fingers crossed we can go into that one and get a win. And if we win, they get those three wins in a row and all of a sudden things start to look much, much brighter. Then it's Leeds at home, a game we absolutely should win. Spurs away, that's going to be really tough. Southampton at home is a game we should win. And then it's the World Cup break. Now, I know we've got European games in between, but if we we need one our last two games in Europe. You know, beat beat I X, get a draw against I X, and we're we're through. We don't need to worry about Napoli. Um hold the under 23. You know, once we get through that, get through that, and then it's December November twelfth is the day. Get through to then, and then you can just sort of we, we might have a cup game. It's derby. Da- it's, it's, da- it's,
2: da- it's yeah, it's derby. It's like the derby. Derby like. on
0: the ninth. So I mean, you're not playing the first team in that game. Derby on the ninth. Said Hampton. Win both those. Beat Leeds beat Forest, beat West Ham, get a point against Tottenham. That'll be a good result. Um, get a point against Ajax. And, and that's it. You know, we go into that World Cup break. We'll be in decent form. We'll have got the ship righted. We'll be through in the Champions League, through in the League Cup. And when we come back in late December, hopefully things are back to normal. And everything is rectified, and Mo will be well rested, and hopefully Thiago will be well rested. And unfortunately, Reese James and Kyle Walker are injured, so Trent might have to go to this bastard in the World Cup. But
3: he at least you know
0: is staying at home, Canate is staying at home, Gomez is staying home. Um, I I'm picking, I'm I'm making the shout now. James Milner starting right back for England in the World Cup. Oh, um, yes, please. As for me, two two footed every day except Wednesday this week. <laughs> I won't be around Wednesday and um, Daily Red every day as well. and There'll be a scouted for the West Ham game, and then there'll be a scouted for the Forest game. Although we might do the two of them at one in one go because the week is a little bit condensed for everybody, so we'll see how that works.
2: And just saying, Carl is on the next three rolls, so, you know, if we lose, we know who to blow. Mm-hmm.
0: It's all all on him, oh, all on him. Shit. And I'd like to remind everybody: while I did pick a city win, he said city was going five today. So make sure you let him know all about he that. He put
2: the fear of God in me against Ajax as well. He did chat, chat chatting shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Jim, um, it looks like your next raw is Leeds. So obviously, scouts of Tommy's. Uh, in the meantime, uh, anything yeah. planned? Obviously, you had the one on Friday as well. But anything planned other than that as well?
3: Yeah, we just try and get together when we can to talk about what's going on. Jay and I, and you know, we I think the thing we talk to Tommy's as well is that we just kind of give a feel for what it's like round here. You know, we sort of sometimes get to hear things and see things that aren't always apparent in the obviously never ever biased media. And you know, it's just it's just our take on all things Liverpool. So hopefully, Jay and I'll get together before the end of the week. Something else in the pipeline which will which I'm hoping we can talk about soon. I'm not sure where are on talking about things, so let's keep it a nice secret until we're ready. Um, lots, lots and lots of content. You know, we need to keep thinking it's content because the games are coming thick and fast, but we like to talk about them, don't we? It's um, The games are one thing, but talking about them is another. I, I'm, I'm delighted with the way Liverpool play today, and I'm sure that Jay and I will be saying that when we do get to record. It might be after the West Ham game, which is the other worry then, because let's face it, I think at times today we put in like... The performance of like an Istanbul kind of performance he, we gave it everything, we threw everything on the line, in the end it was a bit too much for Jota because look at what happened to him with his hamstring apparently it's, it, it's difficult to put that kind of performance in and then come in on Wednesday and do it again but who cares, you know I think there's this ability. I was worried about the team before kickoff. I did wonder in midweek whether Klopp had made the change where he moved Gomez to the centre and Milner at right back whether this was a little trial run for something. But I'll be honest, I didn't expect it to be the trial mm. run for today. But I did think it might have been a little bit of a trial run just to if needed, if players sort of take in take you know take ill and we are struggling at centre back a little bit with other injuries and so on. So it's it's interesting. And it worked. And I think Asking Milner to play 90 minutes every game might be a bit much. I agree as well, just quickly, on what Dave said on on Hendo playing the late of a game, I think. We should have done that with Steven Gerrard. When Gerrard was coming to the end of his time as a player, instead of trying to find a new role for him at the you know in a more defensive, less active role, if you like, how much of a difference would it have made to just have him playing some games for 60, some games the last 20, 30, um, and having an impact from the bench? I mean, I know he wouldn't have been keen on it, but... You Know the managers are managers for a reason, they've got to manage players in that situation. But that's in the past, Hendo maybe playing that role is maybe in the future, and maybe that's that's what we need. So many good signs today, so many good promising moments, so much for us to talk about. So, yeah, looking forward to the next scouts of Tommy's, looking forward to the next game. Sorry I can't be on raw for a bit. Um, but you know, if it does get bad, so, give us a shout.
2: Sorry if Cal Matchett bolt, uh, battles it. uh, <laughs> <only> sorry, that... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to see Trent at left mid that is the experiment for next week <laughs> um, <laughs> but that has been raw, I presume Trevor will be back but if it's not it might be me but I don't see a reason, unless his TV still in the shot. Um but thank you everyone for listening oh I have so, news
0: on this, sorry yes. sorry. before we go I have news on this so um, I spoke, to, as you know I'm the investigative journalist here at, at Anfield Index and Anfield Index Pro, I'm the bringer of truth to these podcasts, so I, I contacted some of my sources in the greater Navan region. And so I have actually a blow-by-blow account on how Mr. Denny has hurt his back today. So apparently, as you know, Trev is, is hooked in with the, the right people to get team news quite early. And upon hearing the news that James Milner was starting at right back, Trev, not wanting to throw the TV out the window during the game, threw it out the window at half 11 this morning, got a shovel hit it a few times, jumped up and down on it, drove the car over it six times, and then, as stepping out of the car, slipped and threw his <laughs> back out, and was last heard screaming in agony, lying in his own driveway. Um, so that's why Trev could not be with us on this wonderful, joyous day.
2: And now he looks silly. <laughs> Absolutely silly. Well, thank you for that, Mr. Mister Journalist, Dave. Um, well, almost caught Mr. Pierce, <laughs> uh, just to piss you off at the end there. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners. Debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows.